Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm your host, Caleb. And I'm Arthur, King of the Britons. Oh, I didn't vote for you. Well, I'm your king. Of course you didn't vote for me. I thought we were a representative republic. Nah, you're fooling yourself. It's a dictatorship. Oh my god. I mean, if you if you just want to talk about like all-time amazing scenes in movies... <laughs> that one if some wet bitch jumped out of a ditch and loved a scimitar at me and i said that it makes me want to wield supreme executive authority over everybody they'd put me away uh yeah uh hi <laughs> hi how are you <laughs> uh i'm fine how are you uh i'm adequate monty python was a thing yeah it was that's uh it was a great thing for a while Oh, I hear Ashley sweeping up in the kitchen, despite the fact that I swept up in there 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I swept in there already. Yes. Well, I'm aware it's starting to smell because I'm reseasoning my cast iron. Uh, Ashley says hi. She can't. She's questioning why the oven was on, uh, and it's because I'm reseasoning my cast iron. Well, I mean, there's that, but I mean, <laughs> it's, it is what it is at this point. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm sorry. I took over your whole thing. Uh, what? Uh, oh, we we had Pokemon Go Fest this weekend, and it was maybe the best Pokemon Go has ever been, ever. Yeah, it was fun. I caught an Aerodactyl. And I helped. Yes, you did. What else is going on? I've been, uh, well, not playing a lot of Magic, but I've been playing a lot with Magic cards. Because uh, I'm deck building. I'm getting very into that game again. Uh, And a a new, brand new set just came out. But there's no time to be excited about it. Because another brand new set just came out. Uh, But there's no time to be excited about that. Because a third set is coming out this month. Like, their fucking release schedule is so weird right now but there's no time to be excited about those three new sets because they just announced today uh some stuff about the new set that's coming out in september uh dear god am i gonna spend some money on fucking cardboard rectangles i mean this sounds like what i went through with Yu-Gi-Oh, where it was like all right we have they have sets come out like every three months but like also they'll like during the summertime they'll release like uh, a collector's set where they reprint like all the expensive stuff that's on like the third party market that you're just like, holy fuck, I can't possibly spend money on this. So they do like set releases every three months, mm-hmm. which like COVID happened. So the set got delayed. So it released right at the same time as everything else. But they're also doing a master set because 
Like that's where they reprint stuff and it's supposed to be like a premium product, even though it fucking like it doesn't cost them any more to make it. And they're just price gouging people and it should cost the same just as other sets. And you can't even play it in the standard format. Ugh. And uh, they have VIP booster packs for it that cost $100. They have 20 <sighs> cards in them. Wait. The booster pack itself is $100, but it has 20 cards in it. They're selling 100 boost the $100 booster packs now. Uh, and everybody hates Wizards of the Coast for it. But, like... The executives there won't let them stop making master sets, even though they said four years in a row, we're not doing master sets anymore because it's just we're just reprinting the same things and watering down the game. But they can get the the, the wealthiest two percent of people who play the game to spend ridiculous mm -hmm. amounts of money on this stuff. And now they have one hundred dollar booster packs. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's, like, common. And then, uh, yeah, and not, like, uh, they also just released, it's called Jumpstart, which, uh, I actually am very interested in. It's basically, like, that's gonna be their new product for people who are, like, just getting into the game. So they'll have, like, like, 20-card booster packs that, like, include, you know, your lands and stuff that you need. If you've never played the game, like you probably don't give a shit about mechanics, right. but like basically you just take two of these booster packs from the jumpstart set. Uh, each one has different themes. There's like a hundred different themes. And then like within each theme, there's like some variations to the, to the packs. Um, but like, you'll get more or less the same thing. If you get like a certain theme, like there's a lands theme and a, like an elves theme and stuff like that. So you open up two packs, you shuffle them together, uh, so that's your deck, and you just play against the other person. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's sort of like draft, almost, but not really. It's, it's sort of like draft, but, like, you don't have to think about it and actually, like, put the deck together. You just open two packs, shuffle them together, and then that's the game. And so it's easy for new people, you don't have to worry about deck building. And, uh, you know, it's different every time, and it's, it seems fun. It seems like a very good product. Those, those are my favorite. Like, we, uh, they're in Yu-Gi-Oh!, which is my best comparison to Magic, because th that is what I played. But, uh, they, yeah. they had this thing called, like, Battle Legends or something like that, where basically it was like, here, just play draft format. Like, here, you can pay 20 okay. bucks, you, you get draft format, and... You know, just, just cram five packs together, and you can, you can create a deck, and it's like... Man, these decks are just nothing but beatdown because there's nothing else. Yeah, see, me and my friends always used to do... Yeah, the fucking... <laughs> the Yu-Gi-Oh! meta is ridiculous. It's, it's like, full-on, full like... It's like power creep the game. Uh, the... Actually, well, yes, but the problem also is, is like, straight-up solitaire. Where, like, oh, it's like, alright, uh, my opponent's going, and they played for ten minutes, and now I guess it's my turn... Uh, and they built an unbreakable board, and so unless I have, like, the perfect hand, or I had something called a hand trap, which would allow me to stop them from making said unbreakable board, uh, I can now play. Except I can't because they've made an unbreakable board, so they just win. <laughs> it's very frustrating. Yeah, I never, I never played Yu-Gi-Oh!, but I was, uh, reading a bit about it this week, because, like, uh, people online were, like, comparing it to Magic, and, like, 
I guess because of like, like magic is more of a resource management game. Mm-hmm. And, and like Yu-Gi-Oh, like you just get cards and then you can play them immediately. Yep. So like For the there most was part. a Yu-Gi-Oh card that just said like you get to draw two more cards and it's like banned in every format because yep. it's like way too fucking powerful. Yep. Pot of greed. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, like the card that you can draw two more cards, uh, at least for water, I know is like one of them is called divination. And I'm like, that's a three cost. And I know that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me why, but people look at me anytime I play would play draw cards, and it's like you just paid three to draw a card, like two cards. I'm like, yeah, I know drawing cards is good, and they're like, are you sure about that? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. Like I play. There's a format of uh, Magic called Commander, where basically like you build a a hundred card deck, all around like one certain creature that is like the the leader of like the army that your deck represents or whatever like whatever abstraction you want to use to describe that um right it's so like everything's themed around that and like you can only have one copy of each individual card but like i don't know like every deck that i build is just like all right how can i make the most mana how can i draw the most cards and then, like, just by having more mana and more cards and being able to do more things than everybody else, I'm going to win the game that way. Just overwhelm people. Like, even even if I'm not, like, doing anything actually useful, like, if I have more cards in my hand than everybody mm-hmm. else, uh, that's a win for me. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the, the goal is to have the most resources. Yeah. Yeah, I win if I play the most. And that's Yu-Gi-Oh! And that's how they're the same. So, ultimately, Magic the Gathering is Yu-Gi-Oh! There's similarities. Uh, well, uh, not to interrupt nerd talk, because, dear God, did we t- do a lot of nerd talk there. But uh, I ran a poll this week, uh, as I did last week, to figure out what people thought of Japan Sinks 2020. Uh, so, uh, I-, I gave three options. Uh, as per usual, what did you think of Japan Sinks 2020? You had uh, a thumbs up and a thumbs down representing the Netflix ratings. And then, uh, what is this? Because I'm sure most people went, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> uh, and, uh, in fact, 50% of people, oh, 14 votes, so seven people said, what the fuck is this? Uh, six people said, uh, thumbs up and one person said thumbs down. So I'm actually wondering what that person thought overall. Like, what was the problem? What was their problem with this show? Well, uh, thanks for the feedback, I guess. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, and with that, let's, uh, let's uh, move over into uh, uh, What's Your Swill, a segment we forgot to do last week. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! I really forget so much as I just didn't ask. Um... So last week I did have swill. I had a, a land shark and lime. Mm. I was an island boy. Um, this week I am just having a V8 splash uh, because my wife drank all the land shark and now I don't have any for myself. I could have had a V8. <laughs> no, I'm slapping my forehead and saying I could have had a beer. Well, uh, so... I'm one of those people that sort of likes kombucha, depending on the flavor of the kombucha. 
Uh, and I saw that they had hard kombucha, which uh, don't even start. I, I already know that kombucha is fermented and therefore already contains some form of alcohol. Uh, however, this is a uh, flying embers hard kombucha, four four and a half percent alcohol by volume. Uh, it doesn't say any IBUs, but uh, I'm sure they exist. Uh, it has live probiotics. It's USDA organic, adaptogens, whatever the fuck that means, gluten free. Non-GMO, vegan, and keto. All of these things. I didn't care about that. I just like kombucha. That's all it comes down to. I like the taste. It's it's sterile, and I like the taste. <laughs> I understood that reference. <laughs> Thanks, Cap. Uh, this is their berry flavor. Uh, it's it's fine. I don't know. I, I don't think I would ever get hard kombucha again, just based off of this. Because their only other flavor that I saw was grapefruit, and I fucking hate grapefruit. Okay. Uh, I've had a, a gin and kombucha before, and it's okay. It sounds interesting. Okay, um, why don't we hop right into some news? Oh, shit, it's mail time. The Legend of Korra is coming to Netflix on August 14th. This is the last Airbender sequel series. Yeah! Uh, this is something I haven't seen because by this point I had stopped watching Nickelodeon when this came out. So yeah, I'm excited to watch it for the first time. hundred percent. Uh, it's four seasons. Uh, so it's already a, a bit longer than, uh, the last airbender. Also, the other thing of note is that, uh, at some point, I think in season three or four, this show went di- like was removed from the air and went directly to the the uh, Nickelodeon website uh, because huh. of uh, thing like it eventually gets like super dark. Which, uh, considering some of the subject matter, I know that the series is about in the first place. Uh, that's interesting that they decided to suddenly uh, move it to a web series. Okay, I'm intrigued. I. I've heard that before. Um, I don't really know anything about this show or what it's about, so I will uh, wait and see, I guess. I know a couple things. I know uh, something specific that they do with uh, a certain bending style that uh, is horrific. Oh, isn't uh, like they the airbender like sucks all the air out of their lungs yes, and they that, die? That is one thing. Uh, yeah, that's fucking wild. I mean, you, you you always thought about that during Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like, couldn't couldn't the Airbender just murder people by creating a vacuum? And then they do. It's like bloodbending almost. Yeah. Where it's like, oh fuck. Well, this is just horrific. All right. Uh, our next story is that Chris D'Elia, he had a prank show. Remember that guy, Chris D'Elia? Uh, well, sure don't. No one does because uh, he he got canceled for being a rapist. Uh, and what was also Good. canceled was his prank show. That's it. That's the news. He 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 deserved to be canceled. So therefore, everything he he wanted to do was canceled. Uh, although Netflix, like days after this allegation, was like, "Yo, uh, here's your here's your prank show." And then finally, I guess they were like, "Oh, well, this was that that was a dumb idea." <laughs> All right. Uh, the Dragon Prince has been renewed for its fourth season. And fifth and sixth and seventh. That's yeah. right. The sh- The series will uh, reach its full conclusion on Netflix. 
which is great, obviously. Uh, I'm so happy. We we like this show a lot. Uh, it was weird because, like, I don't want to say it's weird, but, like, when you think about this show, it's weird that, like, uh, that we, we have such certainty behind it. Because, like, this is one of the shows that Netflix has never been like, here are numbers for the show. They're just like, this show exists, we promote it as much as we can, and then we move on. I don't know. I'm I'm definitely glad to see it's going to get its full full run. Mm-hmm. Um, they also announced that they're doing a tabletop RPG that is based on the series, uh, which I think not as many people cared about, but I cared about. You you cared about it, and that's all that matters is that you care. Uh, I think the most interesting thing is that it's going to be seven seasons because we had the six elements. Uh, of the show, and we know with like Avatar, it, it ran like the uh, the last Airbender ran for three seasons, and every season was a different book. So we had Water, Earth, and Fire. So I expected something similar to where it was gonna be like all all six of their like magical elements. But for yeah. we're getting a seventh season, so I'm wondering if well, like... there's a seventh source of magic if you understand the lore of the show. Oh yeah, there is, and it's dark magic. Oh, so I'm guessing God. there's a dark magic season. Oh man, now now I'm like super hyped. Yeah, I can't fucking imagine what that's gonna be. Because we've already seen some horrifying dark magic as it is. I I can't even imagine at this point what 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 it's gonna be. <laughs> I fucking love. I'm gonna read this verbatim how you put it in our notes because I sure. fucking love you so much. The kissing booth three is happening, probably because people still don't wear their masks. It's true. Uh, wear your fucking masks so we don't get garbage can sequels to Netflix movies that no one watches. Uh, the movie came out what I think this weekend. Yeah, like over the over the weekend. Uh, and for some reason they decided to on uh Sunday night be like, "Yo, dog, uh, we're renew we're we're giving a third movie to the series," and it's like. Did we even need one? Like, what the f- Stop it. Fuck a duck. Yeah, I had a, I had a notification today while I was at work on my phone of Netflix telling me that Kissing Booth 2 is on Netflix. And I was like, well, who cares? Uh, I- exactly. Uh, so far as I can tell, they're not, like, uber promoting this out to the wide public. It's just like, hey, this movie exists. Uh, go watch it. Because, like, it's a sequel, I guess, so, like, that's the number one thing is, like, you're not going to pull in new viewers for it uh, outside of people who, who watched the original. And I can't believe anybody who watched the original went, yes, this is something I want more of. Thank you. Uh, let's move on. Yes, please. Uh, directly into Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, our first trailer is for Connected, a docu-series about the ecosystem and how everything in the world affects everything else and i'm sure this is interesting to people who don't understand how an ecosystem works uh, on on like a global scale i hate this new style of documentary where it's uh guy talking to people experts explain the thing guy gets really excited and talks directly to the camera about it like reiterating what he was just told. Didn't we 
get that with like Bill Nye though? Like wasn't Bill Nye almost exactly that? I guess I don't know. It looked like the the Zac Efron travel series thing. Like it looks similar to that. Yeah, I get that. And I didn't watch that, so I didn't watch that either. Did anybody watch that? Let us know if you watched the Zac Efron show. <laughs> Well, I know what our Twitter poll next week's going to be. Hey, it beats the, it beats the Colin Farrell uh, thing that's going on because uh, as soon as Julio listened to our episode, he went, "Oh, here's my top three Colin Farrell performances: Minority Report, In Bruges, and something else." Because I didn't, I can't remember, but it's obviously not remarkable. So, uh, good try, Julio. Yeah. Oh, uh, Saving Mr. Banks, Daredevil. <laughs> I mean. That's everyone's career performance. You made me miss. I never miss. Uh, Colin Farrell's bad. Don't be dumb, Julio. Um, <laughs> our next fucking movie is called Biohackers. Y- yeah, it's a uh, German. Yes, about some kids. Yeah, they at university. Sie Deutsch. Sprechen Sie Deutsch, baby. That's a Beck reference. That's the only reason I know that that phrase actually is because of Beck. <laughs> no, the rhyming Beckionary. I don't know. They inject genes into things and presumably themselves. I'm a biohacker. I'm going to inject yeah. you with the genes. Ah, uh, this looks like a less interesting splice, I guess. Ah. Uh... Possibly because there's also like thriller elements. Like this, this girl was uh, apparently uh, biohacked by the lead antagonist. Who, who is, I don't know. I don't fucking care. Like the the trailer didn't explain anything. Uh, it, it was just like, look, we're being super mysterious, and like, I guess that's fine. But like, why do I care about the premise in the first place? Yeah, I can't wait for uh, two people to start typing on the same piece of genetic code to hack it faster just get just get david's laptop it'll be fine they can hack it no problem what did you do to this person's genetic code i gave them a cold you gave them a what a virus i gave them a virus a computer a computer virus a genetic virus which is just a virus uh the next Docu series is called Immigration Nation. Uh, this is about uh, ICE and why it's bad. Yeah, and kind of uh, like the human toll that, like, working for ICE takes on a person. Like they actually mm-hmm. uh, interview some people who kind of did that and realize, like, hey, these are just these are just regular people that I'm throwing in jail and separating from their kids for doing the same thing that I would do. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that in fact that's something somebody says is like I, I'm arresting these people for doing the exact same thing I would do. Uh and the other the other line that sticks out to me is at the very end where the guys like, you know, the government didn't hire me for my moral compass or something like that. And it's like, yeah. I kind of I kind of understand that, but like what you're doing is fucked up, regardless. Yeah, whenever I heard that, I was like, Roger Stone? 
Well, he said a racial slur, so I'm sure his popularity has gone through the roof. Oh, I'm sure. Even Bravery said it to a a black radio host. (laughs) And I think they were in studio together, so, I mean, good for him. Having those kind of balls. Alright, uh, our next trailer is for a docu-series titled Unwell. Uh, this is all about bullshit naturalistic sciences, quote-unquote sciences, aka essential oils. Yeah, uh, bee sting therapy is a, a phrase that I've never said out loud with my human mouth. Yeah. Uh, presumably leeching or bleeding or something, although that actually does have some additional value. Like, not bloodletting, but, like, leeching actually does something in certain cases. I don't know. I want an episode on goop. If you don't yeah. do an episode on goop, why is this on your platform? Yeah, uh, fucking take a swing at yourself, you assholes. Yeah. You made a goop show. Don't take the fucking moral high ground now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it really does scream like, hey, look, we're, look, we, we we may have done goop, but we're doing a, a, a show about the anti-sciences. Like, fuck off. Hit, hit anti-vaxxers, hit goop, and then go away. Well, we've got tiny pizza, tiny pie, little tiny fried eggs. Oh shit, we've got a docu-series called Tiny Creatures. Uh, it's true. It's all about, like, small creatures. So, like, if if you're into yeah. very small things, this is your kind of show. Okay, so this is an actual, like, nature documentary, but it looks really good. Like, I, I'm actually interested in this. Like, the... The Earth at Night thing, or whatever it was called, was pretty cool. Right, yeah. Planet Earth's pretty cool. Actually, the the thing that was in this vein that I really liked a lot was Wild China, if you've ever seen this. No. But Tiny Creatures looks really good. It's like a, like a microcosm of, like, you know, ants and beetles and stuff going about their day-to-day lives. But, uh, like, in stunning high-definition... With, like, very powerful cameras, so you can see these tiny creatures with their with their little tiny creature legs. It also kind of looks like tilt-shift photography. Yeah, they, they play with perspective a lot. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, it's also voiced by, and you, for whatever reason, you haven't told me his name, even though I mentioned that this is narrated by Luke Cage the whole time. Mike Coulter, I, that's I his name. I did tell you that. I, said I forgot Mike that you told me his name. I forgot his name, and you I forgot you fucking told me that. blame me for your failings. That, that is correct. All right, and then I'll move us to our final trailer for the week. Uh, World's Most Wanted. It's a docu-series about people who are the most wanted people in the world. Yeah, um, it's going to be all about me, because I'm so sexy and everybody wants me. I'm sexy and I know it. Girl, look at my dad body. (laughs) I don't work out. (laughs) That is, uh, that's, that's, that's great. When I look in the fridge, this is what I see. Pepperoni pizza is looking at me. <laughs> God, did, did, please, please tell me you've been coming up with these lyrics and you aren't riffing off of somebody else. 
that did come very easily, but I can't remember ever hearing that before. So I think that's an original. All right. Well, then it's original. No, no one steal that. We're talking to you, Weird Al. <laughs> Noted fan of our podcast. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Mr. Yankovic keeps an eye on all up-and-coming comedians uh, to see who he has to mercilessly destroy to maintain his supremacy. Uh, that's true. Especially since I was once in a room with Al Yankovic. How big was the room? Uh, <laughs> quite large, actually. <laughs> it was a concert venue. Yeah. Yes, I know. That's, that's what I was trying to suss out. You don't know me. Well, then let me get to know you, damn it. <laughs> uh, World's Most Wanted is actually about criminals. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot what we were doing. It's not really my thing, so I'll let you know what Vanessa thinks of it. Oh, fuck, that's right. I forgot she was a person. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd call her a person. I mean, wives are property, so... Check the paperwork. Shit is mine. Quick, if you took that seriously, please turn off this podcast and never return. Yeah. Uh, that is actually a joke from a Nick Offerman Netflix stand-up special, where he talks about his ownership of Megan Mullally. Um, and I don't think that that is on Netflix anymore. I think uh, they well, took it down, what was possibly it for that reason. Uh, it was called American Ham. I actually have Netflix up, so. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, it's just not there anymore. Wait. Wait, what the fuck? Okay, so I can't... I, if you look it up on the Netflix search, it doesn't come up. However, if you Google American Ham, it comes up with a Remind Me Bell. Even though it's already been released. Okay, so they have a placeholder page for it. Yeah. What the fuck? That's insane. So maybe they're just sitting on it and waiting to re-release it whenever uh, people forget about being PC. That's... And I, I'm i not seeing any news about it. Yeah, I haven't been able to figure out what the fuck happened to it. It's just gone. What? Uh, should, should, should I tweet at Nick Offerman to figure out what the fuck happened? I'm going to do it. Yeah. Worst case scenario, he just won't tell you what happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah, worst case scenario, he just ignores us. The only things that I can think of is, like, even though he was very, like, tongue-in-cheek about it, they, like, pulled it down for that reason. Or uh, because of, like, they got, like, a DMCA, like, copyright takedown notice. Because... um. Like, they had to actually cut away and say, like, oh, during this scene, uh, Nick played such and such popular song, but made the lyrics about cunnilingus and shit like that. So, like, they replace him singing the song with, like, him, like, a clip of him talking to Netflix lawyers about why he's not allowed to play the song. That's... But, like, I don't know. 
Wow, we're actually breaking news right now. Apparently, no one cares about this thing, but we're just like, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, this is, I'm glad that you're in the loop on this too, because this has been vexing me for like a fucking month since I first found out about this. That's incredible. And, and like, even when you look up American Ham, the only thing that comes up is explore titles related to American Experience, Alexander Hamilton. And it's like, that's oh, not, God. that's not what I want. See, for, See, when I searched American Ham on Netflix, it just brought me to Parks and Recreation. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that comes up. Like, that's uh, Space Force, Joe Rogan. And it's like, okay, I I understand those, but, like, w- w- uh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, I just tweeted Nick Offerman. So, everybody go uh, like and retweet it. So, that way, Nick Offerman pays attention to me. Oh, God. Do you want to hear a 3 out of 10 review for this on IMDb user reviews? Oh, sure. Of course. I mean, always. My, f- <laughs> okay. Uh, three stars out of 10. Nick Offerman is not Ron Swanson. My family loves parks and recreation and our favorite character in the show by far is Ron Swanson, who is played by Nick Offerman. We knew nothing about Offerman. Just what we really enjoyed watching him play that character. Uh, so when we saw this new stand-up featuring Offerman, we wanted to see it and see who he was and what his act is like, and he's not playing Ron. Sadly, though, we love him on TV. We did not like Nick Offerman, American Ham. Our reasons boiled down to two big reasons. The stand-up routine was incredibly crude, and it also wasn't very funny. Now, understand we are not prudes, and his cursing was not really the problem. Instead, he used a lot of words that IMDb won't allow in my review, words about female anatomy, some of which were very crude. I wonder if it was crude. (laughs) And since I was watching this with my wife and adult daughter, hearing him talk a lot about sex and female genitalia was very uncomfortable. Uh, You know what? Fuck you, because comedians talk about dicks all the time, so. Yeah, right? Uh... Go complain about Amy Schumer. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I got it. That sure. guy apparently wasn't funny. Eh, sure. Some sometimes I read uh, bad IMDb reviews and they're they're not as funny as I expect them to be. Well, they're they're no. I mean, I mean, the movie journey does that now, where you have to guess what the movie is based off of the IMDb one star review, which is just like fucking perfect. It's so good. <sighs> There's literally just no information about why this isn't available. I know. I need. I'm now concerned as to why this is this is this is the way it is. Like, wh- what happened? It, uh. Well, let me check Twitter. Maybe someone tweeted this at him already. American Ham. Nope. Like they kept it so quiet. Like it just got shadow banned. I oh my god I I don't wh- it's not on no one's tweeted it at him wh- I'm so concerned and con- well not concerned I'm confused <laughs> uh, Nick Offerman are you okay <laughs> right uh so with that let's move over into some quick hits Tell me about all the things you watched. All right, so I did. Uh, let's be clear. I did watch things, just none of them were on Netflix. That's all it came down to. So I watched like uh, Anaconda for B Movie Saturday. 
I watched Petey Wheatstraw because I'm Petey doing Wheatstraw. I'm doing a bonus episode with Nick about Petey, Petey Wheatstraw. Petey Wheatstraw. I watched uh, Caddyshack because I'm doing a Monday sode with Nick about Caddyshack. So I mean, like none of those none of those things are on Netflix. But I did. It's not like I just sat in front of my computer and just like eh. I, I actually did like watch real things that are actual movies. Also, yes, I do appreciate you going Petey Wheatstraw. <laughs> Petey Wheatstraw, a devil son-in-law. <sighs> okay. Um, I know this is like a long-running joke that, like, oh, we watched a a bad trailer. I bet my wife makes me watch it. Um, but we make that joke for a good reason. <laughs> uh, so I am here to tell you about the big flower fight. Oh no. Uh. I was very disappointed. All of the flowers were normal sized and there was no combat. I hate uh, your wife for you. Can I am I allowed to say that? <laughs> uh so this is a show about people who are very excited about floral arrangements, uh trying to make the best ones uh to win money. If you've seen a reality competition show, this is it. Yeah, this, this, it just happens um, to have the flavor of flowers. There's one guy who, like, his hair is very short, and he, like, paints his hair a different color every morning. So, like, on one episode, his head is just, like, painted to look like a watermelon. And the other one, like, the next episode, it just has, like, a geometrical pattern. And the other, like, the next one, it's just, like, all pink or all green and, like... It's like if I had that much fucking time to fucking paint my hair, I would not and go get a job. <laughs> I mean, that's my review of the big flower fight. Uh, how do you review a reality competition show? You Man. can't. It's a source of like nonstop consternation for me that like m my wife just watches like these shows that by her own admission, are, like, purely filler. And it's, like, it's background noise for life or whatever. It's, like, well, why don't you just, I don't know, fucking take a cooking class or something. <laughs> um, I mean, that beats what Ashley does, which is she sits in front of the TV and just watches Housewives, like, almost professionally for the most part. Okay, which that... I think that that is worse. Okay, so I'm not going to disagree. However, it is like I'm not going to out what the account is, but she has a Bravo fan Insta Instagram account where she just posts memes based off of Bravo TV shows. <clears throat> this is what she does. I'm not going to say what the account is, but there there is a long-running Instagram story of every episode of Real Housewives of New York that I have watched with her. And it is a lot of me just screaming, what the fuck are you talking about? Because none of these women make sense. Well, actually, that's not true. One of these women makes sense. The rest don't. I hate it. It was always allowed. I watched something that was infinitely better than the big flower fight uh a landmark achievement in cinema killer clowns from outer space 
All right, so famously, on the first DVD and Tool episode, you, you showed me this, and I went, this is fucking garbage. I can't believe you like this. <laughs> and then you you reluctantly got into B-Cinema. And then I got into B-Cinema. I have not rewatched this since that point in time. So this is due for a rewatch in, in regards to, like, recontextualizing everything. Like, this was, this is one of those movies that, like, I watched, and I'm like, I don't understand the whole... I'm watching a So Bad It's Good movie. I don't understand it. And then I fucking watched, I, I think it was Jim Cotta, and I finally, every, everything unlocked <laughs> in my brain. I forgot that Jim Cotta existed. It's, it's, a, it's a fucking masterpiece, man. There's, there's nothing like the foreshadowing of the, our, our main hero running through the town square and seeing, like, them doing a, fr- like, a basically like a freeze frame on the well in the center of town, which is shaped like a pommel horse. And you're just like, well, that guy's going to be doing some gymnastics on that fucking pommel horse looking well thing. And then he does it five minutes later. And you're like, I was, I, I, I wasn't prepared for this. I, I knew it was coming and I still wasn't prepared. I'm sorry. Go ahead and talk about killer clowns from outer space. If you would like to. This cotton candy shit. Get me another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to say that my favorite thing about this movie is the soundtrack. Uh, the main theme song to this movie is an absolute fucking banger. It slaps so fucking hard. And uh, I don't know, if you want to hear like a deep dive on it, go back and listen to our DVDs and Swill episode. Okay, um, so uh, they can't because it's not on any server right now. So, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, that's... Okay, so we moved everything... I Or, I'm sorry, not we. I moved everything over to the website. Uh, and I thought that a 301 redirect, which is what Podbean says that you should do whenever you're moving your RSS feed to a new RSS feed, uh, would bring over all of the episodes. And it didn't. So, uh, I'm going to put up every episode from 2020 on the main feed. And then I'm going to create a uh, separate feed. Netflix which, and Swill Classic. Which was, ba- I, I had to come up with a name for it, but Netflix and Swill Classic is perfect, which is going to be everything pre-2020. And then every time something, uh, like, because we can, I think we can only have like 300 links per RSS feed. Uh, every 300, like every new episode that like would be pushed off is going to go on the Netflix and Swill Classic. So that's. That is the plan. Yeah. It's just going to take for fucking ever. So please bear with me. Eventually, when we have more than 600 episodes, we'll have to start pushing them off of there onto Netflix and Swill Legacy. <laughs> and and then we'll... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> I have to think of how we'd structure Netflix and Swill Commander, because, I mean, that's, <laughs> that would just be... Oh, God, we are doing magic formats now. Yeah. Netflix and can the main feed be called Netflix and Swole Standard, and then the one before that, Netflix and Swole Modern? I mean, I don't want to. It's just gonna be called Netflix. It's just called Netflix and Swole. Fuck it. Like, I it, like I said, it's just going. It's going to take some time because I also have to uh, re-download a lot of files, and I don't know how many of the the completed episode files you still have from when. Uh, we split the edit between me doing the bulk and then you doing all the sound clips and stuff. So I don't know how many of those epies you have. But if you have any of those, please send them over to me because it's a pain in the ass downloading them from Podbean. 
Uh, I don't think I have them anymore. They might be on my on my external hard drive. I'll have to look sometime. That's fine. Just just remember to take a look at some point because I mean, otherwise I can get them from Podbean, but uh, when our account runs out in August, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get them. So. Uh, look is look relatively soon and let me know well i don't know i'm in a different state than my hard drive so oh yeah i might well, be then able never to. mind i'll just do it myself fuck it i'll do it myself oh fuck it i'll put another rss feed over there with a do back uh did you watch anything else friend i don't think so no Kind of, kind of had to chill the fuck out after last week. Yeah, you 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 talked for basically uh, thirty minutes straight about things you watched, and while I <laughs> while I welcomed it, uh, I'm I'm sure there was somebody out there who didn't, and uh, to that person I say, go fuck yourself. Yeah, if you fucking don't don't give me shit, Chrissy Ainey. Oh, talk that, as much as I want. That reminds me. We Christine, I'm sure he wasn't the person mad about it. We need to have a conversation. So, here's the problem. So, Chris Yaney, over in the uh, Epic Film Guys Discord, he uh, he asked for uh, anime recommendations. And I literally responded to him, How come you never asked me or Caleb, two closeted weebs? Because we like enough anime, so I consider us weebs. So, fuck you, Chris Yaney. (laughs) Well, now I have to go and yell at him about it. Uh, That's true. So, uh, hey, with that, let's uh, take a quick break. And when we come back from that break, we will talk about the Netflix original series, Cursed, starring Catherine, Catherine Langford from 13 Reasons Why. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week, Cursed, uh, which is how I feel uh, with the knowledge of this show's existence. Um, What did you think of this show, which is a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, 0.4 whole stars above Tall Girl? There are parts of it I like. There are parts that I really don't like, uh, which averages out to, everybody say it with me, it's fine. Okay, um, snap back to reality, whoop, there goes gravity, uh, it shows bad, uh, this is a, another, in a, a extending parade of 
highly mediocre to bad Netflix shows uh, that we've been watching lately, it seems like. I mean, it's their strategy to just dump mediocre to bad yeah, things on Netflix. Cause no one because... else is making any content right now. Yeah. So it's probably bloated because like overloaded, like everyone's like, Oh, the scores were probably bloated because like there's nothing else to watch. So it's just like, ah, eh, fuck yeah. it. This is, this is fine. Oh, fuck it. Uh, it seems like they had a lot of, uh, ambition going into this, like a lot of things they wanted to do and lore and world building, but they just kind of throw you into it. Uh, but unlike The Witcher, it like that tech that tact doesn't really work. I I feel like their ambition was bigger than their ability on this. Like you can tell there's a budget behind it. And like there's some there's some stylized things like uh like the little scene transitions. They mm-hmm. do like little animated scene transitions which instead I hate. of just doing a wipe or whatever which yeah I, I don't like that those don't really fit the way they thought they were going to it's uh it's all style and no substance and i hate the style so okay so there's that uh i watched about half of this series and i have no interest in going back and finishing it uh okay yeah that's fair I I don't want to say I hate watch the the rest of it, but it's like all right, let's see where this fucking goes. And uh, for the most part, it follows the exact plot beats that you think it would follow. Uh, to the to the point where uh, you know, it, it's based on Arthurian lore. So I'm like even guessing like, oh, I bet this person's called this person, and sure enough, they were because I, I mean they have to shoehorn them all in some one way or the other. I think some of it is a little bit clever, but other times it's like hyper forced and it's like, oh, that's just, that's just fucking bad, man. I don't know. So this is about uh, a girl who has uh, fabulous secret powers. She can control the plants and things, mm-hmm. which you you come to find out that like the people like in her village and like there's a there's a race of people in this world that are called the fey uh which implies that they're like part elf or fairy or something like there's there's some sort of magical nature to them but since she has magical abilities everybody hates her yep 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 i guess even though it it seems like that's just like kind of the deal for those people is that they they're into magic shit, but they hate her because she's a magic person. So that's dumb. And then the the church, the 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 very popular villain, uh, Jesus, uh, sends his <laughs> his biggest fans to go and kill them all and burn down their houses and thatched roof cottages. Uh, so they're burninating the countryside. Burninating all the peasants, and uh, she has to run away and take the horse to the wizard, or the horse, the sword. On yeah, the horse. sword. I mean, the sword could be in the horse, or the horse could be. In the uh, sword. And then she, then she meets the the sword boy, who becomes the the king man, I guess, presumably. Uh, and then she's pursued by uh, the bad guy, a Jared Leto type. 
Oh, uh, Ashley was saying an Anakin Skywalker type. <laughs> Which, uh, yes, I, I see both. So, here's the number one thing I like. I like the way this, this show is shot. I think it's very pretty a lot of the time. Uh, and, and like you said, that's a lot of style and not a lot of substance. And like the substance, I I can take or leave. It's kind of like I, I, I kind of get invested in it with some storylines. I, I don't with others. And I mainly think that comes down to the fact that this is 10 episodes, about an hour long a piece. And it falls into the same problems that every other Netflix uh, original series we talk about has, which is that they just go, here's all these characters. They all have their own side story, care about them all equally. And it's like, well, that's not how that works. Like, if you, if you want me to care about all these side stories equally, you have to actually write them well, a la Game of Thrones. And you can't try to cram as much as you want into one season. You have to actually space it out over time. And maybe that's because they're afraid at some point Netflix is going to give it the axe so they can't develop it. But, uh, it doesn't excuse it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you remember the the popular character Merlin, the the very good wizard who could do basically anything? Yep. In all the storybooks. Uh well in this he's just drunk all the time and everybody talks about how useless he is. And then he is very useless and does nothing. Oh, well they do get into why he does nothing. Uh, and it's very, int- I, th- I think it's interesting, but of course, like once, once they, when they talk about him, the reason why he doesn't do the thing, uh, of course he eventually does the thing and, uh, he, he becomes all powerful Merlin again. And you realize why, uh, like why he isn't what he, like what we think of in the lore books based off of everything. I- I'm being cryptic for those of you who, who don't want to be spoiled by this because I did watch the full thing. Like, do they try to just do, like, a Gandalf with him, where it's like, oh, he's, he just pretends to be, you know, to not care and be high all the time, but he's, he's secretly the most powerful being in the universe. No, Caleb, he's just damaged. (laughs) Damaged goods. (laughs) Okay. I wouldn't say he's useless, it's just that he's resorted to using more of his cunning than his magic, which I think is fine. Okay. Um. It's interesting, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what to say about this. It's it's hard to provide interesting feedback when I just straight up didn't like something. So yeah, and it's not like it's not so bad that like you can make fun of it or anything like that, or like so good that it's it's remarkable and you can remark on anything. It's like that kind of bad mediocre where it's just like, Ugh. I, like here's the thing I didn't like. This is why I didn't like it. It's very succinct. Like I, I get it. It happens. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't like any of the acting. I, I think the acting is probably the weakest part of the the story because everyone's just kind of like I'm super monotone. I have a very I have a very important thing to do. This is my goal. Blah blah blah. It's like cool. So so there's just no variation in any character. Everyone's just driven by their singular goal, uh, and they have to do these things. And none of you can del- like add any layers to that because you're not very good actors. Okay, fine. Yeah, I just don't think Kathleen Catherine Langford's a good actress, which is probably why they made her kill herself in her other show. Yeah, 
And I mean, like the only other thing I've seen her in was uh, Knives Out, and she has I don't say a small role, but like she's part of an ensemble cast, and she's like a lesser part of the ensemble cast. So, I mean, I I, yeah. I like her in that, but uh, I I like I just like the casting as a whole. Yeah, I I do really like that movie. But yeah, she's not like uh she's not carrying the movie by any means. No. The only actor other than her that I recognized was Devin Terrell or Terrell. Uh and he played Barack Obama in the 2016 Netflix original movie Barry. And I'm like, "Holy fuck, is that oh, yeah. Barack Obama?" And then I looked it up, I'm like, "Oh my god, it's fucking Barack Obama." And that was it. That was the only other thing. Barack Hussein Obama. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. But like, yeah. I, I thought he did a, a good enough job as Barack, uh, like young Barack. And in this, it was like, oh, he's British. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I never would have picked him as British. Regardless, uh, he's doing the exact same thing everyone else is. So no one's standing out. Ratings? Yeah, sure. Uh, let's start with you, Mr. Negative. What's what you got? Uh... Two and a half. I can see people liking it. It's not for me. I acknowledge mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And just, I don't, I don't like hyper stylized stuff that doesn't really have anything deeper to say than, you know, look at how interesting I'm being right now. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to go three, like, and like a higher up three, like, I'll probably watch this again, uh, and not because I hate myself, because like I'm sort of interested to see where they go. I think they left it off with enough where at the end of the season, I'm like, oh, well, there's a lot of things that have happened that I'm interested to see where it goes. Like they're doing, they're doing multiple different storylines. Like a, a lot of things have come into play that have changed the entire paradigm. So I, I want to see where those go. Uh, will I continue watching really after five episodes of the next season? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how the writing goes. But uh, I like soft recommend this show it, with the same disclaimer issue as like if you're not into like them playing with Arthurian lore uh, a lot. And I mean a lot. Like if you think you know Arthurian lore, it's it's nice and it's nice enough to like, keep you familiar with who the characters are. But, like, their backstories based off of everything else that's come before it are just so different. Yeah, which, like, I mean, I'm really into fantasy stuff, though. Like, this is my wheelhouse. I just right. I just didn't find it interesting. And, I mean, uh, I, I will say we, we do get, we do find out uh, the backstories of certain members of uh, King Arthur's Knights of the Round Table. Uh, unfortunately, we haven't uh, come across the backstory of Sir not appearing in this film yet. So, I thought that Monty Python and the Holy Grail joke would, would go over better. Wait, what? I said, we haven't gotten to the backstory of Sir not appearing in this film. Yet. Oh. <laughs> totally missed it. Yeah. Sorry. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's just a, a chainmail cowl with a baby's head in it. <laughs> I love... Uh, that is one of my favorite jokes in any movie ever because it's just like so out of out of nowhere. It's like, oh, we're gonna talk about all these knights of the round table and this <laughs> this is random guy. We're not even gonna do names. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But yes, uh, I thought of that joke like three hours ago. I'm like, all right, how do I work this into this review? Well, you did it. I'm real proud of myself. Okay. Um. Why don't we hop into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about a patron review for Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. 
Welcome to the Movie Cellar, where we have a VHS collection, an internet connection, and uninformed opinions. My name is Dan. Extremely uninformed opinions, Dan. Get yes. it right. I'm George. And I'm producer Chris. And this is our promo. We've tried like 52,000 <laughs> times. So we're going to get it this time. All right? So... Um, we're a podcast. Yes, that's true, George. And we watch VHS tapes in alphabetical order. Yes, but we only watch one a night, and we don't watch it on the show. You get a brief intermission while we watch the movie, and then we come back and we talk about it, like just whatever is on our mind about it. But we, I just had to stop myself from swearing again. Good job not swearing. Right? This it's is hard. our clean promo. <clears throat> There's a lot right. of preamble. The show is not clean. There's a lot of preamble to our discussions. Oh, we're almost movies. out of time. Hurry well, up, hurry we're up. Good. So, if you want to listen to dumb people talk about movies, check us out. Yeah, that. Bye! Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into a Patreon review segment. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patreon review segment. That's right, and this week, uh, our beloved friend Chris Yaney wanted us to watch Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is from 1971. It is a family fantasy musical. 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. A poor but hopeful boy seeks out one of five coveted golden tickets that will send him on a tour of Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. This is directed by Mel Stewart and written by Roald Dahl. Stars Gene Wilder, Jack Albertson, and Peter Ostrom in his only acting role as Charlie Bucket. Yeah. Uh, so, what did you think of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Oh boy. It's going to be really hard to not basically regurgitate everything that Red Letter Media said about this in their review. <laughs> or that, you know, everybody has said about it for the last almost 40 years, 50, 50 years. years. Holy fuck. Fuck. Holy fuck, this movie's 49 years old. I like this movie a lot. I remember watching it as a kid and being like, oh, this is, like, super fun. And, like, as an adult, the main thing I always remember is the actual Chocolate Factory. But then, like, half the movies before that... Yeah! Uh, like, 47 minutes is before they get to the Chocolate Factory, and then 52 minutes is after they get in the Chocolate Factory. And you're like, wait, what? Like I like the the chocolate factory sticks out so much in your head because it's so whimsical and weird and yeah. Uh it's vibrant and like everything before that is like very drab and dull. Uh purposefully. Yeah. I would I would assume. And watching it now it's like super I don't want to say super weird British humor but it's extraordinarily British humor. I probably haven't seen this movie in the last 20 years before today. And I'm really glad that I revisited it. Yeah. Uh, I, my favorite thing about this movie now is all just like the random cutaways of them interviewing people for the news about, you know, what's going on with the golden tickets. And like, there's the woman who like, uh, her husband's being held ransom and the kidnappers want her case of Wonka bars. And she's like, I'll do anything to get my husband back. Well, they want your case of Wonka bars. Well, how long do they, are they giving me to think about it? 
I, I particularly love Charlie's science teacher who, uh, when a bu- a, a big commotion happens <laughs> in, in the hallway, he's like, Oh, what's going on? He calls his kid in. He's like, what's, what's going on? And the kid's like, Mr. Wonka's opening up his, cho- his chocolate factory. He's like, class dismissed. And then it's like, but it's only for five people. Class undismissed. And then it's like, but you have to, you have to buy a lot of chocolate in order to get the, the golden tickets to win. Class redismissed. And it's like, what the fuck is going, like, it's just so <laughs> bizarre. Yeah. And then like, when he's teaching them, uh, percentages by like, you know, say there's a thousand, uh, Wonka bars in the world and you open a certain amount. Well, so how many did you open? A hundred? Oh, that's 10% of a thousand. And then Charlie's like two. And he's like, what do you mean you only open two? And he's like, I only open two. And the teacher's like, well, I can't figure out, uh, what percentage of a thousand two is. So let's say that you opened 200. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, it's very good. He's a very good character. It's a great scene. I love it. Um, everybody always brings this up when they talk about this movie, but like Gene Wilder said that like he wouldn't do the movie unless he could like limp out on a cane yep. and then do a somersault and like jump up in front of everybody as like the introduction to his character, uh, which really is the perfect way to do that. Cause like for the rest of the movie, you're just like, is he, is he being for real or is he just like full of shit? Yeah. And you never really know. And he's probably just full of shit. I mean, of course. But uh, I, I want to talk about the main thing that I think everyone talks about, which is uh, Grandpa Joe. Uh, I I I feel like having rewatched this movie as an adult, I feel like he gets a bad rap for the most part. Yeah, because people are like, oh, he jumped up and, you know, he was faking it the whole time that he couldn't walk and... He wanted to just mooch off of his grandkid. It's like, it's not really that. It's just like the magic of uh, Willy Wonka's factory brought him back to life. Yeah, or like the the magic of having hopes. Yeah. And dreams. Yeah, and that's the thing, is like, they they eat cabbage water every night for dinner, and like, his his one indulgence is he gets one pipe of tobacco each day. And like, if that's the biggest thing you have to look forward to in life, you fucking, you fucking, your life sucks. Yeah. So, but he, but he also like gives it up. Like he's like, no, I'm giving up. I'm giving up smoking tobacco. Like, uh, and he actually even gives um, Charlie a chocolate bar with the money he saved up from you know not being able to buy tobacco. He he bought him a chocolate bar. Yeah. And. Well, out of the money that Charlie gave him to buy his tobacco, sure, but still, like, it it was it was a good deed for once. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you think about like Grandpa Joe and like the vilification of Grandpa Joe, you're like, well, I mean, he he doesn't really like, like he's just kind of an asshole who like is the devil on Charlie's shoulder who's just like, oh, let's drink this fizzy pop and like fly to the top of the, the, the candy factory and then uh, fuck up our chance and then try to give the everlasting gobstopper to Mr. Slugworth. And now you're, now you look at it and you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I get what, like, I get like, yes, he does do some certain villainous actions, but it's also like, well, that's, that underscores 
Willy Wonka's whole point of doing this is like he couldn't trust an adult. Like no matter what your intentions are, adults just don't get it. Like he had to find a child who would, you know, come at this from like a a pure hearted place and right. like run it, you know, the way he intended. And that was the whole point of the movie is like, you know, you you become very cynical and very greedy when you become an adult. Um, kind of by necessity, but like, uh, children are still idealists. Right. And I mean, like, uh, uh, the other thing I think with this movie is that we see with Charlie's family, like the good deed is always rewarded. Like, uh, grandpa Mm -hmm. Joe saving up the tobacco money and giving the chocolate to Charlie. And therefore he's the one that Charlie takes to the chocolate factory. Great. Cool. Charlie being like, oh, I want to buy some chocolate for my grandpa because he bought me some. So he picks up that quarter and he's like, oh, let's, let's make it the Wonka bar. And then immediately finds the golden ticket yeah. within the Wonka bar. And then, yeah, obviously the very end, which is the most important one of all, where he returns the everlasting gobstopper because it's the right thing to do. And then he's rewarded with the, yeah. the chocolate factory, of course. And And then they fly away in the fantastic glass elevator. Caleb. What happened to the man who suddenly got everything he ever wanted? He lived happily ever after, Dan. We know that's all bullshit, but good try, Gene Wilder. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, I actually hate the way this movie ends. Yeah. It's not... And, and I mean, like, uh, according to lore, uh, they they were just like, wait, the movie just ends? Wait, what? what do we need to do? Isn't there something we need to do now? Uh, and then uh, they called up the writer, and the writer went, uh, here, here's Gene Wilder's final line of the movie. And that was it. And they're just like, good enough. Uh, they should have started playing Tuesdays Gone by the Rolling Stones and had a Where Are They Now montage. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's better that like all the kids are just like not shown to ever be restored. Because like, like you said, with Gene Wilder's performance, we don't know if he's full of shit or just like, you know, fucking with people. Well, yeah, like we know Slugworth was working for him. Like it could have just been that like, cause Charlie is from the town where the chocolate factory is. Mm-hmm. Like Willy Wonka might've just known of Charlie's existence and been like, Hey, this kid seems like a good kid. Cause his science teacher works for me. Because I have all this fucking money because I've unpaid slave labor in my plant and sell the best chocolate ever. Uh, So, fuck it. I'm going to hire all of these kids and their, you know, quote unquote parents who also work for me and make this big media spectacle to see if Charlie's an actual good person and can do this. It's like, that's that's kind of my read of the movie is that like... It's all it's all a charade that like he's pulling on Charlie. Huh. So like he's like this this whole thing is just uh an act. Interesting. That's uh that's an interesting read on it. I think the other thing that I think about with this movie is that like it's a cautionary tale of like how you raise your children. Because like mm-hmm. obviously we have like the com well, yeah they sing songs about well, it. sure but we have like the uh, like the obviously comical like comedically over the top Veruca Salt yeah. who, who's just like fucking like the most spoiled child of all time and she's like I just want this I want that 
I want a hot dog. I want a Coke. I want French fries. Well, and she had no Ted Knight there to be like, you'll get nothing and like it. It's a movie about the dangers of overindulging your children and how, uh, you know, teaching humility uh, creates virtue. Yeah. I mean, you also have Augustus Gloop, who just is a glutton. Mike TV, who is mm-hmm. basically sloth and just like lazes out in front of a TV all day. And his yeah. family's just like, I bring him TV yeah, dinner yeah, here. You've got, you've got gluttony. You've got sloth. You've got uh, greed. And, and uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, gum chewing girl is all the rest of them. Lust? I don't know. She wants to be the best. Yeah, compe- like overly competitive or whatever. Like she's also yeah. like a, a bit vapid. Vanity. Yeah. So. Uh, Pride. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Sin. Pride. Nailed it. Perfect. I will have to revisit this movie more frequently. Yeah. Uh, this was a movie that, like, I, I, I've always been told was good, that, but, like, I never really gave a shit about it. Yeah. And now, you know, watching it more intently and uh, through adult eyes, I, I, I really care for it a great deal. All right. Well, then, uh, what would you rate Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Four out of five. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm just going like a solid three and a half. Like, I, I like this movie. Uh, I wouldn't call it like it is an all time classic, but I wouldn't call it one of my favorites. OK. All right, Dan, uh, why don't you tell them what we're doing next week on the show? All right, tremendous question. So uh, we're doing A Cautionary Tale of Netflix. That is uh, for sure what we are doing. Uh, and I haven't, I forget who picked the last one. Was it you? Uh, it might have been. So we don't really have a thing to watch and review for next week. So I had an idea. I wanted to run this by you. Okay. Uh, let's do a horror movie episode. Um. Because, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but, uh, Poltergeist is on Netflix and I've never watched it. Oh yeah. I've never watched it either. So that's perfect. Okay. So why don't we just do like a classic horror movie week? All right. That works. And, uh, since I mentioned it earlier on the episode, um, but I've never actually seen it either. Uh, why don't we do our third segment about the movie Splice and see if it sucks? Uh, good question. Let's 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 find out. Let's see what the public thinks about Splice. A five point seven on IMDb, four whole point uh, four whole stars above Tall Girl. <laughs> or uh, also under the horror movies category on Netflix, if you really want to get into a trash can movie. Uh, we could watch Doom Annihilation. I mean, S- depending on how much you want to punish ourselves. See, here's the th- here's here's the thing. You unfortunately already watched Winchester, which would have been fucking perfect for this. Yeah, that's true. So uh, I'm not blaming you, but uh, it it just so happened to work out this way, and that's unfortunate. So we'll we'll run with Splice. We'll we'll just assume that Splice is a garbage can. And uh, maybe we'll be uh, surprised when it's not. Okay. Uh, in reality, what's what? The, here's what the problem is. Um, I don't know what to watch this week because it's just like who, like what, like fucking Umbrella Academy season two is coming out, and I could just not care less at all. Oh God, 
So like, and, and it's a series, so it actually be uh, for our next episode after this one. And I, I just don't want to fucking deal with it. I, I, I hate that show so much. Like I, I've grown to hate that show and loathe it and loathe its fan base because I just think it's, it's like you said with cursed, it's a sub, it's style over substance and there's zero substance and the style is fucking atrocious. Uh, but then the, I guess the week after that, we could watch that movie Work It that you didn't want to watch. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out. We have uh we have we have time now. There's time now to figure out what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> it's not fair. Uh, hey Caleb, tell the people where they can find us. Netflix and Swill dot com. It is your one stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. That statement has never been truer. I have reworked parts of the website uh, in order for a uh, our show to be run through the the website now. Uh, also, you can go to netflixandswill.com slash listen, and that will bring you to a podcatcher where uh, you can listen to us. Or uh, if you like our show a lot, you can donate to us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon, and that will take you over to our Patreon page where you can uh, be a person who gives us a movie to watch every uh, quarter or uh, you can just, you know, generally support us like a good person. And we will thank you either way. All right. On that note, until next week, we will see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.